right into the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Good to see Brother Bruce this morning. Amen, amen. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Everybody say, the Spirit gives life. Amen. This morning I want to talk to you on this subject, life after death. Let's lay down our Bibles and ask the Lord to help us Amen, through the remaining portion of this service. Amen, church, let's get a hold of the Lord this morning. Amen, His Spirit is already here today. Thank you, Jesus, for what we feel. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have in the house of God this morning. I pray for your anointing, God, and break the yoke in this place. God, touch every heart and mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, amen. You can be seated this morning. Amen, I'm privileged to be in the presence of the Lord. Friend, I'm telling you, we just need a revival of the Holy Ghost. We need a revival of the Spirit of God in this last day. Amen, we, we, uh, I, I believe that we uh, reason things away. We try to put our, our, own, you know, tell our own intellect against uh, whatever problems are in, in our lives and in our situations, whatever they may be amen but if we just get a hold of the holy ghost if we just get a fresh uh, outpouring of god's spirit amen i think that would fix a, a lot of problems amen that we are facing in our life amen hallelujah amen many times when you know, we t- talk about amen um this title life after death we immediately our minds immediately jump amen to the subject of heaven we immediately think Amen, of eternal life, amen, everlasting life that Jesus had promised, amen, those that were in his kingdom. And, um, but, but more and more in our day and age, there are people, amen, that totally challenge this idea of, of heaven after, uh, after this earthly life, or hell even after this earthly life. But I'm here to submit to you this morning that heaven is real and hell is real. And we need to never forget, amen, how real, amen, those destinations truly are. Amen. Amen. Eventually, at one point, the Bible says, uh, amen, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. All too often, we get caught up into our lives, amen, living day to day and forget, amen, that one of these days, amen, the book of life is going to be opened. Amen. We're going to be judged according to whether or not our name is written in that book and according to the 66 books of God's word. Hallelujah. Whether or not we're obeying and living according to the law of God. Amen. And there is coming a day, friend, amen, that we will go to heaven or we will go to hell. And that determination is based on what we do today. 
And then that determination where we are going, amen, where we end up is, 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 is specifically, amen, dependent on what you do today and tomorrow, what kind of decisions that you make in your life, amen, the places that you go, amen, the things that you do, amen, the things that you believe, friend, that will all determine, amen, where you go in the end. Amen. Matthew chapter 7 verse 13 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. There's a lot of people, amen, getting caught up in that wide path, amen, of deception, in the wide path of the lies of the enemy. But friend, amen, because straight is the gate, Jesus goes on to say in verse 14, And narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. But oh, what a blessed few. Amen. If we could somehow find this narrow path, if we could somehow, amen, realize where, amen, where we're stepping and where we're going, amen, what a blessed few, amen, that can make it, amen, through that straight and narrow gate. Hallelujah. 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 Before we can ever acquire him in this life after death, I suggest, amen, that right here on earth, amen, we have to, we have to do some dying and some crucifying of our own. Amen. We got to take care of this here and now. Amen. We can't put it off, amen, to another day or to another month or another year. How many New Year's resolutions are you going to make before you ever change your life? Amen. How many years, amen, are you going to, is it going to take before you ever change your life situation? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul, amen, writing to the Roman church, says, for to be carnally minded is death, amen, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Pastor, I submit to you that we just need a revival of the Holy Ghost. We just need a revival of the Spirit of God, amen, to get a hold of our minds, amen, get a hold of our lifestyles, amen, change to change us. Amen. We keep thinking the way that we're thinking. We keep doing the way that we're doing. If we keep going, amen, in the same path, amen, the apostle Paul wrote to, to that Roman church that your carnal mind is going to wreak death in your life. It's going to bring about, amen, this, this death. Hallelujah. 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 Why? Why is it, amen, that we have to overcome, amen, just our normal thinking. Why is it, amen, that, amen, that our reasoning always ends us up in the same old place, amen, with the same old problems, with the same old things, amen. Why is it, amen, that my carnal mind, amen, can't help me out of my situation? Why is it, amen, that I can't think my way out of my problems? Why is it? Amen, the scripture tells us because it's enmity against God. Your carnal mind is enmity, amen, against God. Verse 7 says, because the carnal mind, and this word carnal, amen, is not necessarily used very frequently, amen, in my generation, but it just means uh, uh, your natural human mind. Amen, the, 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 your brain, if you will, you're just... Your, your normal cognitive abilities, amen. This carnal mind, amen, brings death because it's an enemy. It's the enmity. It's at war, amen, against God. 
against the plan of God, against what God wants to do in your life, against God, your mind, the, the solutions that you keep coming up with are warring against God's own solutions. Amen. Amen. And the, so the Bible says that the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God. It's not subject to the law of God. Amen. It's not your mind. Amen. The way that you amen, process things. Amen. Does not allow you to submit your life and your, your livelihood and and allow you to change according to the Word of God. When the Word of God says do something, your mind says, here's five reasons why you shouldn't. Amen. And, and, and your carnal mind is literally at war against what I'm saying right now. Amen. Elder, elder, uh, Elder Moody, I couldn't remember his name. He, he proposed that there are two forms of the Word of God. Two forms of it. And I've, I'm proud of myself because I found scriptural basis for what he said. The first form of the Word of God is in written form. And that is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture. The written form is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the written word of God is useful for us. It instructs us. It directs us. It helps us. It changes us. We don't use, the word of God isn't there for us to just leave it on our shelves. Amen. And, and leave it on our coffee tables. Amen. To collect dead skin cells. Amen. Dust. Amen. But, but the word of God is there for us to read. And to understand, I mean, the intricate nature of God, how beautiful God is, the commands of God, I mean, the nature of God, amen, what He expects of me, amen, as a child of God. Amen. All scripture, amen, not a single verse, amen, can be cut out, not a single scripture. Well, I don't like the way, amen, Apostle Paul wrote that. Well, I'm sorry. If you were in between, amen, his relationship with God, maybe you could have, amen, input, amen, your own little twist on what he said, but you weren't there. And the Bible, and the Bible says that God inspired him as the author of God's word, amen, to pin down that scripture as an eternal command for us. It's not optional, amen. The word of God is not optional, pastor. Hallelujah. Amen. Second Peter at chapter 1 verse 21, amen, tells us of the second form of the word of God. And that is for the prophecy, amen, came not in old time by the will of men. Amen. But, the, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I submit to you that the other form, amen, of God's word is God's spoken word. When the man of God stands up behind the pulpit, amen, it has, amen, the weight of God's word. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Numbers chapter 12, verse 6. And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. Amen. I submit to you, friend, that God is still speaking, amen, to his men of God and to his people through his men of God. Amen. That's still, amen, a concept. Amen. That's still a principle, amen, that God operates by in this last day. I didn't imagine this, Pastor. I mean, I didn't build this. Amen. In, in Romans chapter 10, it tells us, how shall they hear without a preacher? Friend, you can't even realize the truth. How can, and then he goes on to say, how can they be saved unless they hear? It says prior to that scripture. Amen. Let's just go there so I don't mess it all up like I am. Oh, wait, I already have it here. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Hallelujah. 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 I mean, it's the word of God I mean, that shows us I mean, where we're going off the beaten path. I mean, it's the word of God that illuminates our path for us. I mean, the psalmist wrote, I mean, in 119 verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I mean, God, when I don't know where I'm going, when I can't see where I'm going, I need the word of God to illuminate my next few steps. I need the word of God to help me realize what lies before me. Amen. There, I don't know, amen, in the in the blind, in in my blind carnal mind, amen, what life has ahead of me. Amen. I don't know, amen, what's going on around the next corner. Amen. But the word of God, amen, has the ability to alight the path, to lighten, amen, our way and show us, amen, what's going on around the corner. I mean, that's what the Word of God can do for you, friend. I mean, if you would submit yourself, your mind, your heart, your life to His Holy Word. My, 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 I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. Amen, I believe the Lord is talking, amen, to us this morning. Psalms chapter 119, verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen, this is how we keep from sinning. Amen, this is how, amen, we realize the difference between right and wrong. We need the word of God. Hey, we need the word of God. We need the word of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got a long passage of scripture here. Romans chapter 7, verse 1. Can you throw this one up on the wall so they could stay with me? <laughs> Romans chapter 1. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 7, verse 1. I'll start reading. Maybe he can catch up with me. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law talking to people who know what the word of God sounds like. And then he says how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Know you not, brethren, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he liveth. People these days, I, I, I may pause throughout this because it's a long passion passage, sorry, and uh, don't want to lose your interest I mean, this morning, amen. But Apostle Paul, we, this generation, we don't understand what it means to live by anything anymore. Amen. It, it, not even our own word. I mean, we can make a commitment. We can make a promise. 
I mean, that carries very little weight. Back in the day, amen, they didn't have to have contracts. All they had to have was your word. But even today, in the written word of a contract, we put our name down beside it, and those contracts are broken every single day. In business, in personal life, I mean, contracts mean nothing. They mean nothing. Amen. But Apostle Paul said, I'm talking to people that know what the Word of God is like. What the Word of God says. What it, and if you know what the Word of God says, because Jesus said at one point in the Word of God that we should keep His commandments. And if you know the Word of God, then you know that the law, the Word of God, has dominion over a man. As long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, this is a prime example, friend, of what I was just talking about. I mean, people sign marriage contracts all the time. I believe it's over 50%. I think it's like 70% of marriages end up in divorce. Look it up. It's ridiculous. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she, uh, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law. So that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, amen, for when we were in the flesh, when we were going, amen, through, amen, our flesh, when we were operating by our carnal mind, and then he says, almost in a parathetical statement, amen, he says, it wasn't a parenthetical statement because it's not in parentheses, but it's almost. You could put this in parentheses if you wanted to. That's why I said almost in a parenthetical statement. Amen. He says, for when we were in the flesh, operating by our carnal mind, in the flesh, amen, the motions of sin, operating in the flesh, operating, amen, by our carnal mind is, amen, the actions of sin, is the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit, to death. Our carnal mind, amen, brings about death. Our flesh, amen, produces, amen, flesh, uh, death, amen. But now we are delivered from the law, and that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit. But I'm going to read that again. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit. Amen. I, I, Apostle Paul is not saying, amen, that we don't have to listen to the law anymore. I, I want you to understand that. I, I, I'll prove that here in just a, 
minute. Amen. But, but he does say that we are now living in the newness of spirit. We're serving, amen, the law. In other words, in the newness of spirit. We have the spirit of God, amen, that helps us, amen, to do what he wants us to do. Amen. That's what it's there for and not in the oldness of the letter. We don't have to lean on our own understanding. We don't have to, amen, interpret the word of God, amen, by our own intellect and reasoning and all this, amen, to realize and to try our best, amen, through our carnal minds and fleshly nature, amen, to obey the word of God. But now we have the newness of spirit that's going to help us. Hey, friend, like I said, when I opened up, we need a revival of the Holy Ghost. We need a revival of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Living for God, amen, is not necessarily easy in our flesh. Amen. But if we get the Spirit, that changes everything. If we receive the Holy Ghost, if we, amen, serve in this newness of spirit, amen, there is something different. We look at the letter of the law differently, amen, because we understand the spirit of the law. We have the spirit of the law. Going on in verse 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? This is why I said what I said a minute ago. Paul said, God forbid. We're not, again, in verse 6, he said, Now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein we are held, and that we should serve in newness of the Spirit, and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. I mean, the, the Word of God does not produce sin in our life. He goes on to say, Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not not cover, I'm covet. I'm telling you that this word, amen, is what illuminates. Amen. If we hide this word in our heart, that's why, amen, the psalmist said that. If we hide the word in our heart, we will not sin against God because it shows us what lust is, it shows us what sin is, it's what's teaching us. How to live for God. So Apostle Paul said, is the law sin? No, the law is not what produces sin. It's the description. It's the prescription. Prescription. Anybody ever go to the doctor and receive prescriptions? Go to the pharmacist and have to pick up some medicine. Amen. The medicine is to fix the problem. Amen, but you can't pick up any medicine at the pharmacist, amen, unless you have your prescription with you. I mean, the law of God is the prescription saying, this is what you need to do in order to fix the problem. This is the place you need to go. This is the, the, the things that you need to say. These are the places, I mean, the, the things you need to do. The law of God is our prescription. Amen, for our sickness of sin. And in verse 8, but sin, taking occasion, he said. Taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, concupiscence, which is just another word for lust or desire. So the law, I mean, by, but sin, taking occasion by the commandment, by the law of God. Sin leverages our carnal mind against the law of God. 
and distorts, amen, the word of God and tries to convince us, amen. And, and I submit to you, friend, that the tradition of men, amen, are distorting, amen, the law of God and causing us, amen, to sin because of our misunderstanding, misappropriation. Our, we take the prescription and we shove it in our back pocket and forget about the medicine. We don't use it for what its purpose is for. We don't study it. We don't understand it. We don't take the time, amen, to realize what it's telling us, what it's teaching us. So sin takes occasion, takes that occasion. I mean, the word occasion, according to Thayer's, is uh, that by which endeavor is excited and from which it goes forth. In other words, uh, amen, it takes, it, it, it makes use of, I'm trying to think of a better way to explain it. Maybe reading the notes will continue to help me do this. That which gives occasion and supplies matter for an undertaking. The incentive, the resources we avail ourselves of in attempting or performing anything. The, the Bible, Apostle Paul, writing to the Roman church, said, Amen, that, that sin takes occasion by the commandment of God and then uses, amen, the word of God, amen, and in its own distorted, perverted sense, amen, an interpretation of the word of God uses that as an occasion, amen, to justify our wrongdoing. Amen, when we realize, pastor, that all we have to do is accept Jesus as our personal savior, As the tradition of man teaches. Sin uses that. Misinterpretation. Misapplication of the word of God. Amen. And uses that as an occasion for us to never receive the true promise of God's word. Amen. The Word of God says to repent and to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus told Nicodemus that unless you're born again, amen, you can't see the kingdom of God. So why do we come up with this doctrine, amen, of just accepting the Lord as our personal Savior? I'm telling you, friend, that it was sin, amen, that took occasion of the Word of God, amen, distorted it, amen, in the carnal minds of man and preached to doctrine, amen, that produces sin, amen, but today we still have the word of God and we can realize, amen, what it says and what it teaches us and what it preaches to us. We still have the written word, amen, and we still have the spoken word of God. We don't have to allow sin, amen, that latitude in our life. We don't have to allow sin, amen, that room in our life, amen, to distort the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By the commandment, rotten me, all manner of concupiscence. Concupiscence. Say that. Concupiscence. There we go. Thank you. I had to ask the scholar. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment, which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taking occasion, again he said, by the commandment, deceived me. And by it, slew me. My misunderstanding, my deceptive uh, interpretation of the word of God is what is killing me. 
Wherefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. He said, there's nothing wrong with the word of God. There's nothing amen, wrong. In fact, friend, I submit to you, and we were just talking with Brother Weems yesterday as we were on outreach, and, uh, and, and, and we were talking about the absoluteness, the absolute perfection, I mean, the absolute inerrance of the word of God. There is, I mean, no error in his word. It's perfect. It's complete. Amen. It tells us the whole story. Amen. It tells us how to get from where you're sitting right now all the way to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's just up to us. Amen. To take the time. Amen. To get a revelation of what it's telling us and what it's teaching us. Amen. Friend, we need the law of God. We need the word of God. Amen. Paul said, I tried to do it right in my flesh and I kept falling short. Sin kept deceiving me and incentivized by how difficult it was to obey the, the, obey the law of God. Amen. But then I got the Holy Ghost. Then I received the Spirit. I wonder if there's anybody in here that has a Holy Ghost that can testify to what Paul was writing about. When I received the Holy Ghost, Pastor, everything changed. When I received the Spirit of God, amen, the Spirit of the law, amen, then I understood the letter of the law. Hallelujah. We need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Anybody out there this morning? We need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Church, I mean, I want to tell you this morning, I mean, the Lord wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost this morning. It's up to us whether or not we allow the Spirit to, amen, to move in this service. We can't allow, amen, this service to go by, amen, without the Spirit of God, amen, moving in this place. And it's up to us. It's up to you. It's up to me. I mean, if we're going to lock in together, amen, and let the Spirit of God move. I mean, I wonder if somebody can get under a burden, amen, for some lost soul. I wonder if somebody can get under a burden, amen, for our brothers and our sisters, amen, who may need the Word of God this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not patting myself on the back, but the Lord drew me out of bed this morning. Amen. At two o'clock this morning. And I came stumbling up the stairs. Amen. Tired in my flesh, tired in my body. Amen. But something yearning in my spirit. Amen. The Lord, amen, assured me that He wanted to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost this morning. Amen. The Lord, the Lord, amen, assured me. And Brother Bruce, I was praying for you. Amen. And our visitors, I was praying for you. Amen. Everybody, amen, that's a part of this church service I was praying for you I called some names amen last I called your name last night if I could remember it at that moment I called your name because I need the church of God to help amen this is not a one-man show this is not amen a single person endeavor but we need amen the church of God the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church Hallelujah, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 5. He said, think not that I am come to destroy the law. I'm not interested in doing away with the law of God. What I'm interested in doing is fulfilling the law. 
is completing the law of God in my life. And Jesus, amen, is our perfect example. We don't take the word of God, amen, and just throw it aside and ignore what it tells us. Amen, but what we need, amen, is to fulfill it in our life. We need to apply it, amen, to our life. We've got to use it to, to help us climb higher in Jesus. We need the word of God, amen, to show us the way, amen, how we move forward, where we're going next. We need the word of God. Hallelujah. He says, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall no and in no wise pass from the law. Amen. It's a perfect law. It's a complete law. Nothing's going to change in it. Amen. We, amen, prescribe our own contracts and our own, amen, dealings among men and business and our personal lives. Amen. But those things change almost on a daily basis. Amen. Because we're imperfect. But the word of God is perfect and it's never going to change. Amen. What it said today is what it said yesterday and 2,000 years ago. And what it says today is what it's going to say tomorrow and 2,000 years from tomorrow. I mean, I'm telling you that the word of God is true. We need the word of God. I mean, it's our only absolute. It's the only thing, I mean, that is constant. It's the only thing in the child of God, I mean, that doesn't change. We need the word. We need the word. We need the word. Amen. Why did Paul amen, say in our text, uh, amen, that the word, I mean, the law of God produces death? Because it ought to. When we get a revelation of what it says, that what we're doing is wrong, I mean, the, the way we're living is wrong, that drugs and alcohol are not, I mean, I'm telling you, Apostle Paul wrote and said, I will not come under I mean, the power of any. Apostle Paul dealt with drugs and alcohol. And then back in, and then the days of the Word of God, when he was writing the Word of God, and then the Word of God is a prescription to us, and then how we ought to live our life, and then our medicine, amen, that we should take daily. We shouldn't neglect it. We shouldn't forget about it. Amen. But this is why Paul said, amen, the word, amen, produces death. The reason the, the apostle Paul says that the law, amen, the letter killeth, amen, but the spirit giveth life is because that's the process that God expects, amen, us to go through. When we receive, amen, the word of God, we ought to find a place to pray. Amen. We ought to find a place of repentance. We ought to find a place, amen, of death before the Lord, amen, that we are crucified with Christ, amen, and buried with with him according to his word and then amen and only then the spirit of God can come in and produce life hallelujah that's what the word of God can do pastor I want to read it I want to know it I want to hear it I want to believe it I want to obey it Hey, friend, I'm preaching to you this morning. Amen. Don't ignore the word of God. Amen. You ought to hear the word. Amen. I know that I'm a novice. I know, amen, that I'm not a professional. Amen. I know that, that maybe I've broken a few, amen, of the decorum rules, amen, of presentation. Amen. But that's not what I'm interested in this morning. What I'm interested in is some de- life after death. I'm telling you, the Lord is here, amen, to give somebody, amen, another life. I'm telling you, the Lord is here, amen, to give somebody new life. what the word of God is trying to produce in you. The word of God amen, is, is wondering, hey, wonder if you're willing to hear. wonder if you're willing to obey. I wonder if you're, I wonder, amen, if you're willing to allow the sword of God's spirit 
to pierce them in your heart and to slay your carnal mind and your carnal flesh. Church, let's talk to the Lord for a moment. Jesus, we need you. Holy Ghost, we need you. Oh, Jesus. I wonder if anybody can help me touch the Lord here. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We need the spirit of life in this place. The spirit that brings life and not more abundant. We need the spirit of life in this house. Oh, I wonder if anybody has that spirit turning on the inside. I wonder if anybody has that spirit of life and can testify to the fact that God has changed you. Yeah, it was painful. Yeah, it hurt a little bit. Yeah, I had to give up some things. Amen. But it was the spirit of life that came in and then gave me everything that I was praying for. Everything that I was hoping for. No, I'm not telling you that the Spirit will give you a new house and a new car and a better job. But I'm telling you, amen, just like Apostle Peter told the lame man at the gate, beautiful. He said, I need arms. This is what I think I need. I think I need a better house. I think I need a better income. I think what I need, amen, is just some more money. Amen. But Peter said, amen, I don't have any money. I don't have gold or silver. I don't have what you're asking for, but I do have what you need. Such as I have, give I unto you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. I don't know. It may have been painful, amen, for that lame man. Amen, after years of not being able to walk on his feet. I, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know, amen, the, on the practical side of things, whether or not, amen, the Bible says that his, his feet and ankle bones receive strength. But I don't know if that was a painful process. It may very well have been. But the end result was what he really needed. He started living an entirely different lifestyle. He no longer had to crawl into the gate beautiful every day and ask for money. He could walk on his own two feet and go to work and produce his own living. He wasn't any longer dependent on anybody else. Amen. But he, amen, by the word of God, received strength and became a testimony, Pastor, of what the word of God can do. To everybody watching, the Bible says that, that the people saw him walking and leaping and praising God. My God, that's what the word of God can do. telling you, that's really what the Word of God can do. We don't have to, amen, mull again over and over and over and over in our situation and our problems, amen, but if we allow the Word, amen, to cut some things out in our life and to, amen, produce, amen, a, a carnal death, then the Spirit of life can come in and breathe that life into us. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, wherefore? Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to 
to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He didn't say that the Word of God is something and that's nice and easy and comfortable. It's not what it is. It grates against us. It challenges us. It's hard to hear the Word of God. Amen, Apostle, uh, the writer of Hebrews, Amen, says in Hebrews 12, uh, 4, verse 12, For the Word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's powerful. It's sharp, but it's quick. It gives life. The word quick, amen, I, I, embarrassingly enough, I got up here and preached one time that the word of God is so quick that within the span of a single service, amen, life can be changed. And that's true. The word of God can produce a result within the span of a service, and I'm praying that he does this morning. But that's not what the word quick is referring to in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. It's teaching. The word uh, basically means to be alive. I, I looked up the definition and um, forgot to put it in my notes. But it means to be alive. So the word of God produces life. But it requires that sharp edge. I mean to pierce down deep into our heart. And discern between our thoughts and intense. People as judges, amen, come up short because they don't know your thought process. They don't know your heart. They don't, people can only use their imagination and their experience to discern what you're going through and why you did what you did. But the Word of God can discern between the thoughts and the intents of your heart, whether or not you intended to do what you did, whether or not you just stumbled across it, whatever. That's why I want the Word of God to judge me. I want the Word of God to teach me. I want the Word of God to reveal to me His will and His plan. Because it can go so much further. It can be so much more prescriptive. It can be a lot more targeted in its fix, in its healing, in its deliverance. It can do much more than what just another person can do. If I yield and obey and spend, amen, and submit to the word of God. I said a minute ago that the word of God is hard. And Sister Rebecca, you can. I 
Testament, John chapter 6, verse 59 says, These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? Does what I say offend you? Is this hard for you to listen to? Is this hard for you to believe? Is this hard for you to obey? And if it is for you, I don't, I don't feel too bad because the people that are listening to Jesus as he was preaching also had a hard time hearing. Because ultimately it's not who's preaching or who's talking, but it's the word of God. We need the word of God. Now I know some things that I may have suggested to you this morning could be hard to hear. I know that that the things that I've I've submitted to you this morning may be difficult for you to obey. But I challenge you, go pull down the word of God yourself. You don't need me telling you. You can find it for yourself. You can understand it yourself. Your prayer and a submitted mind to the word of God. God, just show me. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Help me, God, to change my life. Hallelujah. Church, let's keep praying. Hallelujah. After Jesus got finished preaching a hot and heavy sermon, even the Bible says that the multitude went away. In John 6 and 67, Jesus then said unto his unto the twelve, Will you also go away? I like Simon's response. Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. I know it might hurt, Jesus. That's obvious because everybody's walking away. But I'm not going anywhere because this is what's going to bring life. This is even after, amen, I have to die out. Even after I have to sacrifice a few things. Even after I have to give up a few things. There is real life after death. John 6 and 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. flesh profiteth nothing but the words that I speak unto you they are spirit they are life I hope that has been the case this morning as I have tried amen to deliver the word of the Lord to you this morning 
I'm not interested in just getting up here and talking. I'm not interested in getting up here and just speaking what's on my mind. Amen. But what I'm interested, amen, is preaching, amen, in the spirit. Amen. And preaching, amen, a message of life and truth and hope and deliverance and victory and change. My God, if we could all stand this morning. Hallelujah. Romans 6 and 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Or are we just going to keep on living the way we've been living? My grace may abound. God forbid us. Don't keep doing what you're doing, Paul said. Don't keep walking down that path. Amen. It leads to destruction. Don't keep going the places that you've been going. Don't keep doing the things that you've been doing. Don't keep listening and watching. Amen. The things that you've been listening to and watching. Amen. But you ought to hear the word of God. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. You ought to allow the word of God to produce, amen, a baptism of death in your life. Let the word of God, amen, bring about, amen, a willingness to say, God, I'm not holding it back anymore. This is all yours. The way I've been living isn't really living. I mean, the things that I've been doing, amen, isn't worth doing. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for deliverance. I mean, these altars are open. I mean, you're welcome to come down. I mean, at any time. I mean, and give your heart, your mind, your spirit to God. I mean, the things that I've been doing, I mean, is it worth doing anymore? Come. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. Friend, you can't be raised, amen, from a dead, from a, from a grave, amen, that you're not in. You got to be willing to die first. You got to be willing to give it all. You got to be willing to find a place at the master's feet and say, Jesus, take it. God, I'm done. I've been trying to live the way I'm living. And that's when, just as Christ amen, died and was raised, we can die and be raised and live and walk in newness of life. He goes on to say, for if we have been, I'm just going to keep preaching until, amen, somebody finds a place to pray. He says, for, amen, if, for if we have been planned together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. We can't be resurrected, re resurrected until we're willing, amen, to die out. Verse 6 says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. I'm not going to live this way anymore for he that is dead is freed from sin. He that is dead, he that is dead, he that is dead and buried, amen, him that is willing, amen, to give his life up for his sake. Oh, that's when you can be freed from sin. 
that's it. Let's cry out to the Lord.